going on, Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for one of our favorites, the Honda Classic. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambley. Tyler, what is up, my friend? What's going on, Kenny? Lots to talk about. Excited for this one. You mentioned this is actually the event that we met at. Got to see Sung JM get the job done. I think it was two, three years ago now. So hopefully can get back to another event. If not, we're for sure going to plan to get together for the President's Cup when it comes to Canada. But for the time being, we're going to get ready to talk this event. Before we hop in, want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepix.com. Head on over to prizepix.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself signed up. You get 100% deposit bonus up to your first 100 bucks. Lots going on. The, the PGA lines, if you will, were up today, Kenny. They came back down. They went back up. I'm not 100% certain that they're fully accurate, so I don't want to steer people in the wrong direction. But there is going to be a lot of options to take advantage of. A lot of carnage can happen here. They've got birdies or better matchups up. Guys, one guy versus another. You just bet more or less birdies on it. Put two or three of those together to set yourself up. Make as much money as you want from there. So we will keep getting after it here on the show. The more the season goes on, obviously NFL ended. So now we're getting into that stuff, Kenny, but man, what another event. I'm not going to use the same cheesy line. Everyone else doesn't say total ramination, but it is pretty incredible stuff. You could say heartbreak for Homa, some emotion shown there at the end, a great battle from him, but as expected, just another amazing event. We said at the start of the season, no surprise, but these designated events are going to be awesome. Every single time we get a little, break in the middle here then we go right back to api players for a couple more so a lot of good stuff to talk about man tiger back in the mix give me your first thoughts on the event rom winning homa losing tiger back what did you think it was sort of the role reversal of last week where Scheffler got all the breaks uh and he went ahead and win and this week rom got all the breaks uh <laughs> and then went ahead and won i mean you need luck to go ahead and win and it's happened the last two weeks both the guys Scheffler and rom very lucky uh, to get their W's, uh, you know, Scheffler, you know, missing everything left and finding the woods and trees and being narrowly escaping like crazy danger uh, at the waste management. And this past week we saw Rom, um, you know, the bounce off the stands to like three feet for Eagle, which was fucking sick. Uh, and then, you know, he hits it like over the parking lot, like over the grandstand. I've done that shit before. Uh Never got a drop in my life, but I guess it's sort of similar to what happened with Spieth, um, with the but instead of you know it being on another fairway, it's in the parking lot. I, I thought that was strange uh, that ruling, but he got the ruling. I mean, you use those rule guys to your advantage. If they're going to favor you, then you take your ruling and you go. Um, I have no problem with that. I mean, sometimes it's going to look shady, but it all comes down to the rules official, and the rules official says yes. You go with it. I mean, fuck it. You know, uh, that's just the way you got to go with it. You know, uh, I know a lot of people were, weren't that happy about that ruling. They weren't too happy about Xander's ruling last week uh, when he was in the uh, the the animal hole. Uh, you know, but you know, second opinion you could, too. By yeah. the way, on that one, go ahead, go ahead. Well, well, no, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, he I got, got a second opinion. It does drive yeah. me a little bit crazy. Two things. One, like you said, like that, you can get a second opinion and do that. I know it's the. Here's the thing about the rules. The rules are the rules, Kenny, meaning in the sense, not the obvious, but just saying like, oh, I don't like this rule, so I am allowed to get someone else. If he says it's okay, then it's okay. That's true. And the other rule is like, oh, it, what happened to Rom, you, you, and you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. If that can happen to Rom, it can count on somebody else. So they say it's fair, but I don't, I hate that rule because it's like, it's, it's, yes, it's the same for everyone, 
but the guy that actually hit the good shot doesn't get rewarded. The guy that hits the shitty shot still gets to have sort of the same advantage, fairway, rough. It's not the same, but he didn't get any penalty for going over that. And it's the rule. It would be the same if he went there, but I hate it because the guy that hit the good shot doesn't get any extra reward for hitting the good shot. That's just the game of golf. I know it's the rules. I'm a stickler. Maybe I'm old boomer, whatever you want to call me. I just hate that. I really do. And I don't think it's unfair. I just, I, I hate about the game of golf, the rules where because it's fair for everyone, it should be cool with you, but it's not fair to everyone because somebody hit a great fucking shot and the other guy hit a bad one. And now they're basically in the same position for the most part because they're professional golfers. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you just deal with it. I mean, the thing about it is Ron, Ron, Ron his putting was uh, unbelievable. Honestly, going into the back nine, I thought home was going to win. Uh, when Homer birdied 10 and went minus four on 10 for the week, which is incredible. Uh, you know, as you would think, a drivable par four, everyone's been talking about that hole. The drivable par four would be easy birdie, but it was not. It was one of the more difficult holes uh, just because of the way everything lined up. And uh, and so going minus four, I thought he was going to win. And then he missed that short birdie on 11. Um, and then he bogeyed 13. Uh, and at that point in time, Rom uh, made some crazy eagle, right? If I'm not mistaken, or he, he had an eagle, I think on 12 or 11, uh, I think on 11 to come back and catch up. And uh, Homer just couldn't, 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 you know, keep the pedal to the metal for another week. Um, you know, Keith Mitchell, Cashmere, Cashmere Keith now, no more killer Keith, Cashmere Keith uh, proclaimed the best dressed um, golfer on tour uh, now. Uh, he played well. Uh, Cantley came back through at the end. Personally, for me, it was an extremely frustrating week. I mean, the week started off. Uh, I took Wednesday off to watch full swing, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but Tuesday night, I threw my back out, and like I couldn't move. So I wasted a PTO pay time off day when I could have just taken a sick day. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Still get paid for a sick day. Uh, and so that sucked. And then, you know, Wednesday, I could barely move. I had to skip the E9 podcast because I couldn't sit. That's how bad it was. So it was actually good that I just laid around and watched the Netflix series all day, which sucked. And then when we get to the tournament itself, you know, I'm looking okay. Five of six getting through, you know, Spieth missing the cut on the number. And then Taylor Moore was top 20 with seven holes left and goes five over on the last seven to miss the cut by one. Uh, So instead of going five for six, automatic cash, automatic winning week, um, I had to sweat the weekend uh, with a four of six. I still had an opportunity. Only less than 30% of uh, lineups in double ups were six of six, but that means I would have to be like the top 10% of everybody else. Uh, So, you know, and then all my guys just, you know, shit the bed on the weekends. It was horrible. Uh, yeah, so a very, very frustrating week. The GPPs weren't great at all. Uh, none of the bets hit. So I'm looking to get past uh, last week. Again, this whole season has been win-loss, 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 win-loss. So, you know, I'm 50% for the year. I think I'm 9-7 and seven now. Um, uh, don't restart the computer. I'm 9-7 and seven now for the year. I need to step it up. Hopefully in these next few weeks uh, I get it done. And, you know, this week cash strategy changes uh, quite a bit from the norm, um, especially with a field like this. So we'll see how it goes. Anything else on the event from last week, Tambo? I think a bunch more. Like just talking about it quickly, I, I had a few things. One is for sure the 
just the the Rom Homa thing, like you said, down the stretch. Like, Homa to me, and I started off the day talking about this in the Discord over at RPS, and I, I had Rom on the main slate. I loved him. Couldn't believe he came in at thirteen percent in the mega. I had a Rom Cantlay start, nice little setup to my lineup there. Uh, still did not min cash it even because the other guys that missed the cut, Spieth, Norin, Patrick Rogers. Worst play of the week of my life, maybe, by by the way. But uh, just to note, when you go back and look at it, like the Homa thing, the, what I thought about for Sunday, I had Rom again for round four in my main lineup. Thinking about going, and I switched with like 15 minutes to lock. And I, it didn't, I think they kind of balanced. It, it's crazy, you'll see, but they still kind of balanced because uh, the position points and the scoring weren't like incredible. Like you had the long putt, and you had the almost hole-in-one, but they didn't equal to a bunch of points there. And Homa still did quite a bit of work making up the score in the first few holes. So forget that. But I really did think what it was, and you could see it afterwards. Lo- everyone loves Homa, of course, but a uh, very likable guy. All those facts, we'll talk about Brooks when we get to full swing. But the thing about Homa that I was saying going into that last round, everyone gives him shit for the, you know not showing up in the majors. Well, the run that happened with him, like, yeah, there's been some majors, but like, I think this is the year that we see it actually start happening in the majors. It's the game is on point, so good all around the confidence. Everything is there. Everything he said after the round was incredible when it came to the fact of like he just – he did what he had to do. He put the pressure on. It didn't work out on the back nine. But man, right down to the very end, even on that last hole, the incredible back and forth between him and him and his caddy. His caddy saying, depends on what you want to do. Are you playing for the three? Like, are you protecting second place money? Because you're probably not beating John Rom here. Are you trying to, to beat him? And like you expect from a guy like Max Holman, no, we're going for it. And you love to see that. But I, mm-hmm. I really thought he would treat yesterday, and he, and he did, you could tell, like a major. Like if he can knock off the Goliath in John Rom. That would be like not only winning the event for two times there, seeing Tiger again. It was like a major, but just the way he was treating it. And he just played incredible, man. So that was awesome to see. Uh, some other guys can't lay. Going back to the luck thing, because I was on Rom. I'm not making fun of Rom for going in the thing and not getting the call. I don't. Everyone gets lucky to win tournaments. Uh, you know, it's the same in DFS. Oh, how does this guy always win first? It gets so lucky. No, you put yourself in the position to get lucky. Morikawa makes that eagle down the stretch and the streak to run out that one people qualifier tickets yesterday mm-hmm. that one people big money in dfs but they had him on saturday he couldn't putt for shit what if he just made all those putts on saturday and sucked on sunday and still scored the same no one would have said he got lucky or all that it's just the way golf goes everyone gets the breaks throughout the tournament but it was nice to see Cantley, Zalatoris, morikawa thigala Love seeing thigala down the stretch making those extra birdies and find his way moving up to the top especially if you like I did binged out on full swing and just see him talking about it and having to relive it. So we'll talk about that in a second. Kenny, people can obviously hit the timestamps. So they don't want to hear all this or that, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, very cool to see him do that overall. Not the best week for me, but you know, we, we keep grinding. I do love these designated events. It's just so good. Riv is such a good course. Always love that about it. You go to Honda. I still love this week. And it's another lazy week. I'll talk more about that when we get into it. But it's it's right, right. like I said, Kenny, we got this one in between two designated events on this side, two designated on that side, including one of the biggest outside of the majors and the players. So uh, this is a week I think people are just going to congregate to the same dudes and we're going to find our edge. We'll get to that when we get to the tiers. Anything else you want to add or, or do you want to talk yeah, about Yeah, I mean, this? I had, what, 35% ROM and 25% HOMA, which is the only thing, the only reason I didn't lose all my money. Uh, so I, that that was okay, but man, that cash really hurt bad. Taylor Moore, like I said, I'm gonna run him till you know, uh, till you know he breaks and he broke pretty fucking bad. Very close. Uh, one stroke. Uh, one stroke. Well, I mean, he was he was top twenty with seven holes left. 
<laughs> and he missed it. So that, that hurt bad. That hurt. I was like, ah, it's going to be a good week. You know, yeah, my GPP suck, but it'll be a winning week. I'll, I'll up my record to 10 and six for the year. Getting closer to that 70. Uh, nope. Oh, Did one, one not... more note too. The resurgence continues. Kenny, Matt Kuchar, Jason Day. Gary Woodland, T9. Jason Day stays up there. T9. Mm-hmm. Harris English, mm-hmm. T12. I know whatever, but like this has been a thing now this season. All these guys are starting to show up again. So now, uh, very interesting to note that. One thing about Rom, I will say, it sort of reminds me of what happened with Scheffler last year, right? Uh, you know, Scheffler went through, won all these events, got to the Masters, won the Masters. But then, you know, remember, he didn't win an event afterwards, uh, after the Masters, the last, you know, until last week. Uh, you know, I, it could happen to Rom. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it'll be worth looking for the best number for him at the masters. I don't think that's a horrible play. Like if you could find like eight to one, 10 to one, the guy is on fire. Uh, I think he wins the masters. Uh, and I, I, you know, who knows what he can get down to if he continues the way he's playing. I haven't looked at his current odds. My guess would be eight to one, six to one, right? Uh, some, look at it today update, but yeah. it, it's just hard to bet. But yeah, hey, but I uh, but it's something I don't know if I'll do it, but it's something you have to think about because the guy is playing out of his fucking mind. Uh and a major is fucking six and a half. Yeah, Jesus, that's tough. Uh I I would think about it. I, I I would think about it. I would think about making that my only bet. Uh if it came down to we'll see how he plays for the rest of uh, you know, for what four weeks we have, uh five weeks until the masters comes around, but uh, you know, normally, you know, you look at a five and a half, six and a half, seven and a half to one. You're like, ah, eh, no. Now you got to think about it because the guy's putting it out of his mind. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Tiger. Um, what did what did you think? I mean, to me personally, it looks like he has a chance to win again. Uh, personally, in my mind, because he made it through all four days. Yes, he's limping around, but that's something he's going to have to deal with. It's just going to be pain management. It looked like he could hit all the shots. Uh, in round one, those last three holes, when we were watching it, I was watching on PGA Tour Live, they were sick. They were like a vintage Tiger. He hit that little, uh, what was it, on 17, the par three, that little, cut, that little like, piercing cut with like a wedge or a nine iron, a low altitude. I mean, the shots are all there. I will say the worry I have at Augusta is anytime he tried to hit it right to left uh, off the tee, it looked like there was some issues. Uh, his best drives the whole week were, of course, the big loopy slices uh, that he was able to get. Uh, so, you know, yeah, he, he was going to have to fix that before the Masters. But to me, you know, if he plays six to eight events a year for the next four years, I think he can win two. I think he can win two. So if he plays eight events for the next four years, that's 32 events. I think he can win two. What do you think? I'm probably the most unpopular take. So people will be coming at me, but I I thought it was worse than what you, I think it's the opposite of what you said. I think, and the only challenge I would say is this, I think Tiger looked great. He did more than we expected, especially first couple days, you know, Saturday, even solid. Some of those shots were just incredible. Great to see. But I think here's the problem, Kenny. He plays the best fields in the world at the toughest courses in the world. And you got to play all four days. It's again, he's capable. He walked it all four days. He did it. I'm saying it just feels like it's tough. So honestly, to go on the opposite side of the unpopular take, not to play both sides, but I'm saying, I honestly, truly think 
his best chance is like Augusta or the Open, something where it's like a thinking man's. You got to know the spots. You got to know the Open. Just, I think is better. He, for that's him where if he did Augusta. it, or if he's really in the mix, I think that's where it's going to be. I mean, it was just what three, four. I know it's three, four years we're dating ourselves. We've been doing this a long time, but you go back. Remember the the one like longer and couples were in the mix. The people were like, no way. Like clearly, no way. It's not going to happen. But that's different. When and Tiger literally went out and won like the year later and, and did his job. Now more injury, the leg, the stuff, all the factors that he mentions. But yeah, I, I'm not against it happening. I think two wins is a stretch, but I'm saying it'd be crazy that if, if I was to say there's a win, I think it's actually a major. Surprisingly enough, it's just where it's he's going to know the course so well, or that he's just the way he can get around the course and get the job done. Otherwise, it's just going to be tough. These fields just loaded, man. And, and then on top of it, the hardest courses, all those factors. So I think, his, uh, I would I think, think his iron, when it comes to irons, he could play. He's one of, he's still one of the top guys out there I, I when think it comes to his irons that driver too. Like you said, for a guy, he needs to fix the driver. He needs yeah. to be able to hit a draw. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But it's that time, loopy, like he's going to do that. He's going to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. That loopy slice that he hit was great for this course because there was a lot of left to right, you know, shots out there. Anytime he had to go right to left, it seemed like it was a struggle. Uh, for him. Uh, so he'd have to finish that to contend at Augusta. I think the Open this year would be a great chance for him. Uh, imagine him and Rory dueling it out uh, on Sunday. I mean, you know, Rory, I think, won an Open Championship here, if I'm not mistaken, where they're playing this year. Um, so, I mean, that would be that would be pretty sick. Uh, yeah. Definitely would Rome like to would watch that. would be in that. there, too, of course. Don't forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All <laughs> right, so, uh, so, Full Swing. Let's go ahead. If you haven't watched Full Swing and you don't want to hear this, Go ahead, check the timestamp right now, and fast forward. We'll give you a second. All right, so personally for me, I enjoyed the hell out of it because you get to see your golfers, you know, what they do uh, and how their mind frame works. Uh, The biggest thing I noticed is how, like, mentally fatiguing the game can be. Like, if you watch the Brooks Kepka episode, I mean, that guy was lost, just just completely lost. And that was two years from when he was the best player in the world. Um, now, looking back at him winning that live event, I know people are going to say whatever, fake event, whatever. I think it really was a big moment, hopefully, uh, in his career to go out and win. Because I think at some point in time, I hope that these guys will be able to play back on the PTA tour or at least all the majors and stuff like that. Uh, and we'll be able to see him a little bit more, but I mean, just the mental anguish that these golfers have to go through uh, and to deal with and, you know, and all the other things that surround them with the family, like you go with now, like, can you really blame somebody for thinking more about his family than golf? Probably not. Has Tony's family probably been a deterrence over the years for his game? Probably so. Would Tony change anything? Absolutely fucking not. Um, you get to say, I thought it was wonderful. And then the, the Domin episode, you could take that. I could see both sides of Joel. I mean, to have that type of skill and not really have the drive. The thing is like, I bet you a lot of athletes think that way, but there's no way they're going to let people know that they're, that, you know, that they're happy being the 50th ranked golfer in the world. Give me my, well, it was like two, 3 million, you know, a year. Now give me my five to 7 million. 
being the top 50 golfer in the world, playing these elevated events. Um, and if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. I, I mean, I, I you can look down on him because that's not what sports, at least our athletes that we grow up with, that we idolize, that's not their mind frame. He's like anti-Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kobe, me and you, probably one of our favorite athletes of all time, right, Tambo? And right, he had that killer sure. mamba mentality. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people loved him for that. You know, just, just to work hard, become the best. That's not Joel. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, that's not Joel. I mean, the motherfucker drank like three, four White Claws in between, you know, his rounds qualifying for the U.S. Open. <laughs> and then he went and made you and qualified and then finished top 10 uh, at the US Open. So the guy obviously has skill. But can you really blame somebody if they're happy where they are? And I, I thought I thought the show was brilliant. Uh you know, I, I would have liked it better if it went more in chronological order. Uh, but I don't know how they could have done that. Um the worst episode was the Spieth and JT episode. Um the, the the Domin episode, the Finau episode, and the um, Brooks episode. Th- those are three of my favorites. And I, I thought it was a great show. I can't wait for season two. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And just to see what the golfers have to go through. And everyone's bitching about, yeah, they're rich. Oh, uh, pamper, fun, whatever. They got money. So what? Is that a detriment in life? No, you shouldn't talk down on people. Oh, they're rich. Fuck them. I mean, fuck that shit. That's, that's fucking stupid. That's jealousy. That's just dumb. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let these guys fucking fly, fly their private jets. They earned that shit. You know what I'm saying? They earned that shit. That shit wasn't handed it to them. You think they're the best golfers in the world and it's just handed? No, they worked hard for that shit. So the people who say, oh, these pampered foxies, I don't want to see these rich people. They earned the money that they, they got. Let them fucking live and watch and enjoy what you're watching. I mean, uh, that's just my opinion uh, on that. Because personally, I would love to be fucking loaded. I would love to have all the money in the fucking world like these guys. And, and and I can't blame these guys for having money. What the fuck? Uh, Tam, what'd you think about the show? Yeah, Karen at home. These pampered fucks. Yeah, off I mean, my TV and then she turns on Kardashians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And these fucking dudes earned every fucking penny that they have. Yeah. They have I, I mean, for. that was the part you brought up. So, for, I mean, I'll go in a few different directions. One, JT Speeth episode being first, horrible decision. I actually yeah, made. I would have made the Fino episode. It was it yeah. drew every angle. He's a piece popular yeah. enough. Yeah. It drew every angle of like pull at your heartstrings, family. The JT Speed episode just seemed like a waste. It was good epi- Like I get why it was an episode, but I'm saying like that didn't. Need- they should have rolled us in with the Fino. I think. I thought the last episode perfect with Rory the send off, the tough finish, Cam going to live, like all, all that's so, like great lead up into it. I-, I will stand by the point. There's no-, there's no victory lapping a fucking documentary here, but I'm just saying we loved it. We knew we would. I fucking loved it. It was great. It's great. Incredible. We we would pay. We're the same people though that would pay money. That's why we like, you know, the the mic'd up sessions right now. I want to hear Tom Kim and more cow and stuff do that because that's them in their element that we can never get close to. We love the caddy conversation that we we only got to overhear it. The one of like I said, um, Max and his caddy at the end of the round when it's like go time. You versus Rom, you could drop back to like fourth and lose seven figures right here, or you could take on Rom and force him to make four and beat him in a legendary playoff at Genesis where Tiger's waiting greenside to see who ships it. Like there's, it's just, that's the aspect of it that you'll just never find anywhere else. And I love that part of it. And, and in the, in the documentary, just so many of those things, the inside track of, of Joel Damon 
talking about that stuff going like you said the white claws at the u.s open sectional qualifier like fuck it i'm not even gonna play the back nine or, or sorry the second 18 uh maybe i'll get a few drinks at the turn and decide to play better goes out gets the job done shows up to the u.s open and comes in 10th place like that is incredible like first stuff. round leader almost you know what i'm saying crush yeah. the whole weekend yeah. put him on the block he was in the room with the boys with like who was it like rom more Rory. Rory. yeah yeah the they, they were like, like obviously Joel's he's well really liked anyway well. but yeah. but gino said his caddy gino is like he's he's definitely become cooler with some of the dudes now and like he's in there you get to see his party that he's hosting at his house and it was kind of a, a two-way glimpse because we didn't get to see a lot of max homa that was one of the cameos and if a max is like sorry to eat and run bro but it's got like he's not in that mode he's in it's time to be a killer mode and look what we get out of it look what we've seen with max homa it, it is interesting and you go look at joel damon again i'll go back to brooks i want to finish there and then kick back to you but go back to damon after that open after that u.s open i should say like not not the best run but after the show was filmed go look at october and beyond 13 37 16 third ninth fifth like Maybe that was the kick in the ass. Like, we're going to edit this. You're going to be on TV saying you really don't think you're that good. And I know you're a jokester and all that, but don't you want to be that good? What if you actually tried? And look at the results that he's been able to put up. So I think that is key, just little things like that. And then my Brooks take will be not, I won't keep it long, Kenny. I want to kick it back to you on this one, but I think it was this. I know everyone's saying Jenna and Jenna matters because, you know, people are saying that when Jenna came into his life, all this, I don't think that's as much of a product as her, as people are saying, she's thirsty and Instagram in the DM. She mentioned all that. I'll, I'll let you go in a sec, but I will say that it was someone else said it. And it was true to me that when you have kids, when you get a wife, when, when things change in your life, we, we talk about it all the time on the show, about getting married, golfers getting married. What happens? Sometimes it's a thing, but yes, other shit takes over. There's things on your mind. I get it. But, but the thing about Brooks was he was always super alpha. And you did the Kobe conversation. I'll go back to it because I love it. Obviously, Kobe's my favorite of all time. I don't think he had to, tr like, I don't think Kobe had to try to be that guy. I think it was just part of who he is. We always say this about Brooks, true, false, right, wrong, or indifferent. I don't care. I'm just saying my thoughts is that it was always a facade. It always had to be approved this or say this. And it was just too much. And obviously that's going to weigh on you because everyone goes on these runs, Kenny. Jason Day, huge run, disappear. Spieth, huge run, disappear. Came back. Day, coming back. Rory wins all those majors so quickly. No major since. He's still done every other accomplishment. I'm not putting him in this class. I'm just saying, Scheffler, last year, you said it, goes the full run. What was it? Uh, waste management, API, match play, masters. Showing up all over the place. Just wins again last week. I get it. I'm saying, but there's going to be a period, like anything, where you're, you're not going to win. They said it in the documentary. It's hard. Other guys said it. You know you're going to lose at some point. I think it was Finau. It was some of the best stuff he was saying. It was like, you're going to lose at times and you just got to play through it the only way to lose is to not go back out and play again go back and play next week and see what happens and so it feels like it got too much in brooks's head and then you know he has a wife now he has injuries now he has these things and like you said again from the show being filmed to recently what happened to him he won live jenna i don't care it's an exhibition or 47 guy after the fact he was like holy shit. he could barely talk remember you and i talked in the show he was very and emotional people thought, and people thought it was an act Everyone's it's saying not, that now because no matter what, like Holmes is real, Brooks is fake. A lot of what Brooks was doing in the past could have come across as fake. When you watch that episode and then go see those emotions after the live event, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't really care, to be honest. I'm just making my point in my opinion is that it does seem to, like obviously it made sense why he went now to get nine figures and cash out at the top. I said this last week. It makes sense. He thought he was done. His injuries. He talked about 
all this stuff on the show. If they want to pay him that paycheck and he's allowed to sign on the dotted line, we all know why he went there. It's the point of seeing all that play out now. You're like, holy shit, like this guy was really having a rough go. Like he was definitely having a tough time battling. Yeah, I think what happened was, you know, some of the stuff he says, of course, is I think he said for other golfers' ears. Uh, you know, because, you know, a lot of it is mental in golf and he wanted to be the alpha. And so like when he was at the top of his game, winning those four majors and saying he never practiced, I mean, everyone knew that was bullshit, but it was, it was something that he wanted to get out to put to other players to show him, you know, like I'm not even practicing and I'm beating your ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the stuff he said back then, I think was to get in players heads. Um, which you know, Tiger did the same shit. He just did it a little bit more silent, you know, not as uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that Tiger did where he wouldn't talk to people uh, on the course, where you know, the stuff like that, where you know, it's just he wouldn't even pay attention to you, wouldn't even think you're alive, uh, playing against him and other things that Tiger did, um, you know, while talking about his game, you know, Kepka was trying to get that range. The problem is his game, the injuries. And his game fell off. And so he had, he couldn't back up that talk anymore. And that's another reason why people, you know, yeah. started not liking him. Uh, because, but I mean, I what he did in that two-year stretch and all this crazy shit that he said, uh, I think a lot of that was trying to get in other people's heads. And it worked for a couple of years because he was the best. But that's what um, he couldn't get. That's what I couldn't get out of what he was saying, Kenny, that you just nailed it there. Is that's the whole, like... He he was like he was downplaying the run that he went on. Like, dude, you had it. You got four major trophies. I know there's other empty spots, and you wanted to fill those too. But you said you're the majors guy. You're only gonna get four tries a year if you're the majors guy that never practices and all this stuff. Like, and I remember you know quotes of him in the past and talking about reading things about Kobe's and those guys. And it's good self help stuff to try and get better to get that mental state and get in that mindset. But you know, it's it's a little different. Like versus Tiger owned that, and Tiger walked the walk for a very long time and continue to do it but you can't downplay like kepka should never downplay the fact that he still won four majors in two and a half years well, i don't know if you can Huge be in somebody's head i don't know if you could be in somebody's head like that i mean yeah he's won he won four majors in two years okay and then he didn't win shit for three years maybe one or two events that's got a way on a person and it obviously did if you watched uh, the documentary i mean that shit he you know the main thing he said was he was he used to be able to compartmentalize uh, back, you know, and the problem was his game was 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 so poor that, you know, he he couldn't compartmentalize anymore. And when he came home, that 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 depression, that that you know, poor play was was, was still heavy, weighed heavy on him at all times. He just wasn't having a good time, um, and he thought his career was over really because of all the injuries. Uh, you know, that's also I, why I thought the Fina episode needed to go before or after him. Because to that point, like, do you also, by the way, throughout the show, a couple quick notes, like, but do you hear the stuff the fans are yelling at these guys? Like, there was some crazy shit, like, down the yeah. stretch. And yeah. so, like, Finau has to take home to his family of these top five Tony and top ten Tony, and com- and he has to compartmentalize for a family with the kids, with everybody, and, and then go back out and still find his way to- yeah, and then go and people the back to back wins and to do it like because he won. And I forgot about that where people were like, ah, it's not a real win. And he's like, all right, let me do it again then. And I'm yeah. gonna uh, I'm gonna win again. And and the last note for me, and I'll let you finish, is the uh one thing that I forgot, and I said Thigal earlier, and I'd save it for full swing. I forgot how talk about luck and unluck, like man, that bounce on 17 at the waste management when he brought like 
he hit that thing with everything I know, but he literally got what was probably one of the worst bounces on 17 to click right to click left to then ride the left side of the green to go into the water and ultimately end up losing that tournament. But man, I really thought he did nothing wrong there. Just, I forgot how bad that bounce was. It's a little fun to end it on. Yeah. I think uh, Mayo is doing a recap show with Ben. So check that out on the Mayo media network. Tambo, if you talk to Mayo, uh, tell him I want to be on the other shows because I would love (laughs) to talk about, I could talk about that show for fucking ever it was great yeah. all right so that's a that's a pretty big start preview we've got a 30 minute start there haven't even talked about the honda classic and we're still not going to talk about the honda classic because we're going over our listener league winner from last week smoke underscore 401 no avatar 519 total points yeah john ron the winner patrick canley of course came in third place uh rom was 17 percent owned Cantley. 21% home. Tom Kim finished in 45th. Uh, he finished uh, in 45th place. He had 60 points. Uh, Shane Lowry, a nice solid showing for Shane after a couple of bad rounds, a couple of bad events. 14, uh, finished in 14th, 7 under. He was only 3% owned. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, who uh, had a nice little late charge uh, and then fell back a little bit on Sunday. Uh, minus 5 finished top 20, um, it was 14% owned, and Steven Yeager, uh, who's always a Tambo favorite all the time, uh, two two and a half percent owned, um, he finished in 40th place. What'd you think? Like the lineup quite a bit. I wish he sent it to me. It would have won the mega. I believe it was 513 for Whistles Go Woo to win 1 million, so 519 would have got the job done. Definitely a nice lineup. Ooh. What I liked, I had the same. I love the Rom Cantlay start. You know I love Yeager bombs. What I really liked is he went off the chalk in the 8K range, Right. There was other guys in that eight carriage with Hatton, Fitzpatrick, um, Jason Day and Jason Day would have been better. But I'm just saying, like, he at least took a shot there of going with somebody different and went by going with Jaeger at the bottom, who, you know, is never going to see ownership. It allowed him to get that mid bottom mid range of the seven Ks, not the Patrick Rogers chalk or the pivots there and not the seventy five to seventy nine hundred again. He could have had better guys there. You go uh, Keith Mitchell instead of Lowry. I think it's slightly better or mix it around, but you don't need to. The point was just picked off his spots roster construction wise and got the job done. Somebody said to me today on Twitter though, I forget who it was that I, and this is funny, $7,400 Lowry, 3.3% in our tournament. Now he's going to be 20% at 10.4K for this week. It's the way things go. So excited for smoke underscore 401. Congrats to them. We'll see him in the three man this week. Got him today into the tournament of champions. The shout out to my guy, Chris Negus in fifth. Down in Dominican Republic, I know right now enjoying some drinks. So if he's listening to this, congrats to him. A, a top five. I know he's been trying for a while. Some other regulars up there as well. We'll give him a special shout out. Yeah, make sure you get into listen really quick. I mean, we're recording this at six o'clock on a Monday. It's like 500 filled out of the 750. Uh, so yeah, uh, get in uh, if you can. All right. Hopefully it'll jump up. Here just hit 500 because, actually yeah so just hit uh, over 500 yeah so we are we're filling these things pretty quick what you released at like two o'clock today so yeah, news. Was, uh, maybe a little bit before that but yeah it's definitely yeah. filling up fast surprisingly again for this week the off week we're going to talk about it in a second what that usually looks like but maybe not this week maybe i'll be wrong yeah. but it's definitely a week people are dialed in there's no nba this week the all-star break right so it doesn't come back till thursday so that will have people in the golf streets and then on top of the fact that NFL's over and all that we're starting to kick in and just came off a big event with Tiger, Rom, Homa, all the names that people follow throughout. So it should be a good one, Kenny. All right. So the PTA tour, 
moves to Palm Beach this week for the beginning of the Florida swing. We love Palm Beach. Uh, shout out Cheetah. Great little, great little strip club up there. Give, give, give us the VIP treatment every time we roll up in there. Um, now, PGA Nationals Champion Course is going to host this week's Honda Classic for the 17th time. Uh, the course is best known for the Bear Trap, of course, 15, 16, 17. Uh, a stretch of three difficult holes that will probably decide the winner. I mean, like you look a few years back at Adam Scott, I think he was three up, uh, you know, uh, before quadruple bogeying the 15th. Uh, on a Saturday, you know, he ended up coming back and winning the event. Uh, but I mean, that just goes to show you, you know, three up to one down and one hole, not like that's not, not going to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, you know, you, you'll be able to see something like that uh, on that bear trap because it, you know, it's incredibly tough. Uh, now the bear trap is extremely hard, but that doesn't mean the rest of the course is easier. Holes five to seven are also one of the most difficult three hole stretches on tour. Um, only five holes have played under par overall through the years. Those are the two par fives, one, eight, and 13. Uh, another factor on why this course is so brutish is the wind. Uh, 10 to 20 mile per hour winds are the norm here. Uh, as of today, Monday afternoon, uh, we're looking at like 20 mile per hour gusts every day. Uh, this could lead to carnage. You see carnage in this event year in and year out. Now, I'm not going to say don't play the chalk because if you see my cash game cornerstones this week, it's super chalky, but, but, you know, you may, you can make differences here this week, pretty fucking easy uh, because uh, to go against the chalk in, in this, in this event is, is a very easy thing to do. Uh, now, will you do it? How much you do it? That's going to be up to you. Uh, now, <clears throat> yeah, this course, super tough, toughest course on tour, non-major six of the last 10 years. Uh, you rarely see a winning score in double digits under par. You're looking at like 10 under and below is going to be the winning score, more than likely. A uh, couple of, um, let's get to the course action. The champions course of PJ National, 7,150 yard par 70, two par fives, four par threes. Four par threes, some of the most difficult holes on the course. And the two par fives, the two easiest hole on the course. Now, even though the course isn't significantly long, there are still five par fours over 450 yards. The course plays even longer when you take into account that the average driving distance, average green and regulation, and average driving accuracy here are well below tour average. Uh, off the tee, golfers are going to see average side fairways with lots of trouble if they miss. Tons of water. Water, fairway bunkers, and thick rough will be in play on almost every tee shot. Uh, there is water literally everywhere, like 15 holes uh, at, this, at this event. Since 2007, like well over a thousand golf balls have met their doom uh, in this water, in the water here um, at uh, PGA national. Now with all the courses defenses off the tee, you're going to see a lot of golfers hit less than driver uh, this week. Now on approaches, golfers will see Bermuda grass greens that are above average in size when it comes to actual square feet. Uh, in reality, a lot of the greens are long from front to back, but extremely narrow in width, which makes hitting the green very tough. Uh, less than 60% of approach shots on this course actually find the green. Uh, that's very low uh, number on tour. You're going to see a ton of approaches from 175 to 200 yards. Also, sand play could be important this week because, you know, a lot of holes have water like on one side and then sand on the other. Just human nature uh, to go ahead and miss on the sand side. Uh, the greens are elevated, contoured, and surrounded by bunkers, water hazards, and false fronts on almost every hole. 
Uh, the greens should be fairly firm. Stim meter rating, Bermuda grass greens should be around 11 and a half. Tambo. Man, dying over here. I got to clear my throat a little bit. But uh, everything you said, main things I look at though, Kenny, T to green in general, you talked about, it. I'll go to strategy stuff in a second, but hitting the fairway has been key. Scrambling good hands around the greens. Like all the stats that you talked about, what whatnot, but carnage, right? We can see that here. So strategy I want to talk about real quick is the double down. One, I said it already, these can be lazy weeks, meaning we'll see a lot of congested ownership versus these designated events are what we expected. They were very spread out. Even if a guy like Rom got to 24% or Rory to 24%, it was these last couple of weeks where that was like the, the top point. And then everyone is from 15 to 20. There's just so many guys in there. This probably not the case. We probably see a couple spots where ownership gets completely congested. So you've got that where you can already be willing to go off the chalk on top of the carnage that we always see at this course. It was last year, I think, where after the eighth place and the win for Sungjae, he comes out and misses the cut here last year. So we know that everyone will say the same thing. It's not really a get right spot. You got to come in with your A game, got to find your way around, bear trap, all those factors. So I do think that in looking at it from that perspective, a lot of what we do on this first look will then be dictated by what does the ownership look like? I know I always say it's not who you play, it's how you play them. That's true. But that can mean some different things. And here in this one, like I don't want to pound together a bunch of chalk pieces for this week. If there was ever a week where you're actually just going to fade a bunch of it, this would be the spot to do it. It sort of always has been. And we'll give some real-life examples when we get into the tiers. Yeah, if you want to go strategy for GPPs, um, for, for cash games this week, I'm going about it a little different. Uh, normally in an event like this where you know there's like two or three guys that are so far and ahead above everyone else you sort of pick one of those guys but there's question marks on all i mean it really would be him and lowry that you would start your lineup with and there's question marks for both like you said uh you know sung had his worst outing of the year last last week um at riv uh you know he missed the cut here last year lowry uh you know good finish last year good course history but prior to that he was having a little bit of trouble um for a few weeks so you know you don't know if he's able to come back and get it done like you know we th i thought last week Jesse thomas was going to go ahead and get it done after a huge week at the at the waste management just to ride that and and, and keep that streak going but of course that didn't happen he made the cut uh but finished you know outside the top 30 um and, and so you know stuff like that can easily happen uh, up above now if it was like wrong or if it was scheffler or if it was rory uh, you know, even you know, if it was one of those three guys up top, that well, then yes, you go ahead and roster them. But I am avoiding uh, this range. One other, another reason I'm avoiding the top range um, in cash is, you know, once you get below like 7,400, this is like straight ass garbage. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I like, I, I don't even want to waste a punt play that, you know, a punt play for me, if it's 50 50, that's good. You know, if I think it's a 50-50 shot that this guy will make the cut at a punt play at $6,500, yes. Uh, you know, I'll go ahead and do that and then go up high, you know, for to a Sungjae or a Lowry. I can't find nobody that I would give a 50-50 chance just, you know, with the eye test. You know what I'm saying? With the eye test, I don't see anybody. Uh, I can't I can't give anyone a 50-50 chance under that range. So, so I cannot go down that far. So if you look at my cash game cornerstones this week, they're going to be a little bit different than normal. Let's go ahead and start at these tiers. Let's go ahead and start. Let's start off with Billy Horschel and up. Uh, since, you know, there's only two guys over 10K. Um, what are you going to do with the top guys? Anybody else? You're going to play Kirk? You're going to play Horschel? What are you going to do? 
I just want to keep hearing you say Detective Shane Lowry, like Bad Boys. Every time you say Lowry, it just reminds you of Bad Boys there. Yeah, so, yeah Lowry. Yeah, yeah, Mike Lowry. Yeah, Mike Lowry. Yeah. Mike right, Lowry. I, think um, I think that's why I say it like that. Because that it has I to love be why you movies. say it like that because yeah, it, I, it be. just kept getting me every time you would say it. But uh, this is the most interesting spot for sure. Uh, one thing you brought up that was key before I just go to the plays and just talking through it out loud is that, you know, you mentioned that. Again, going back to these designated events, Kenny, the strategy Look, not like Steven Yeager is this guy that you're going to trust fully, but last week, like, it's a solid tier guy down there that, you know, top of his class, Corn Fairy Tour year coming out, all that stuff, where you could see where he can make you a cut or a Luke List or a Vegas or guys like that. You could take shots down there. You can take shots this week, but to your point, I don't think they're the best shots like we've had other weeks. So you will pick and choose. I'm going to stick to my same strategy that's been working for the last couple of years, and that is taking my stands down low spreading it out up top at least up here for me a couple of the guys that stand out for sure sung jay not the best week last week but again this is a, another strategy piece kenny just going back into it everyone will say oh 10-7 sung jay if he doesn't win i mean he's not even likely to win the odds have him favored to shouldn't say it like that because everyone will come back he's likely to win he's eight to one to win or whatever the books say but we know there can be cards he just missed the cut here last year my point is though if you find the long shot winner in the 8k range and they win you still got to fill out your roster somewhere. If Sung Jay's in 12th or 10th, that can still work. It's not when somebody is 12-5 and you say, well, damn, if I'm paying that kind of price with all these studs around him, I, I he's going to need to win. It's not the same case here because like you said, all these guys up top are uh, three or four of them could miss the cut and Sung Jay could come 20th and be all you need. It's not the same as what I was trying to say. Obviously the odds say he's likely to win. He's eight to one, but he can come first. He can come eighth. He can miss the cut. That's his last three results. We could see any of those or anything else again. So keep that in mind. The other thing about Lowry, Lowry, your boy, second 36, 21st, the last three years, shows up last week just to give us that little bit of love here. Now let's get in on the action. He could be the next version of that. 21st, 36th, and second is not that much different than first, eighth, and a missed cut. Maybe his turn to miss the cut is this year. So I don't hate your call of just skipping these top two guys entirely in some lineups and building that way. So I do like that. Uh, other than that, though, not not as high on Kirk or Horschel. The one thing about Horschel, though, is that, you know, you look at where he does his best stuff in Florida, on Bermuda, tougher tracks, winning the Memorial, like all these things that you can talk about. And Memorial is different. I'm just saying like winning on a tougher track. But just in general, I could see where he could become a good tournament play. I don't think people believe in Chris Kirk very much, even though he came seventh uh, here last uh, year. And before the miscut, he had a couple thirds. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I think that's the leverage play here, right? Kirk. Uh, or Horschel. I don't know as many go to Horschel here, but I've got another one coming up. So go ahead. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think I'm going to play Sungjae. I think I'm going to play Shane, uh, you know, maybe 30% each. Uh, but that still leaves me 40% of my lineups, maybe even more, because I'm sure there'll be some of my lineups that are going to have both Shane and M, you know? So you're looking at like 45% of my lineups that won't have any of them. Uh, and so, you know, I could, I could, I, I'm going to pick one between Kirk and Horschel. Uh, I haven't made up my mind yet. I will look at ownerships uh, when it comes down to Wednesday. I mean, off the, just first look, I would rather go Kirk just based on numbers. Uh, but Horschel's had success here. Uh, and you're right. It's Florida. You sort of want to jump on before everyone else does. Uh, so we'll see uh, on that. So, you know, I'm going to play the two guys up top, but Horschel and Kirk, I mean, don't, don't sleep on those guys because i think you can get value there and ownership wise uh when it comes to those guys now when it goes down a little bit lower i mean i think wise seems like the guy who might 
get overlooked with Kucher right there, Denny probably being popular, Dietrich. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think Wise's ownership would be? Do you think it's going to be above 15%? I think it could be like 10 to 12. Coming off a couple of miscuts. So I don't know yeah. how people are going to treat it. He does pop in the stats. Kucher obviously just played well. People are betting Denny. Denny's got a good record, 30 and third here, coming off a 14th miscut and a fourth. So it's tough to say. The one guy, though, I was getting people DM me today like mad about this guy's price in Minmoo Lee. Why is he priced like that? Why is his odds like that? Like, I don't know if you follow it too much, but like, this is what's interesting where I always talk about this stuff, especially in these type of fields where strength, the field that they play in and have had success. And I know it's last year, but if you go back, Minwoo Lee 21st at the open 27th at the U S open 14th at the masters Euro tour, DP world tour, et cetera, all these things, Japan tour things coming in 12th, second, third. I mean, this guy to me, uh, you know, doing just fine. For this price tag. So in tournaments, I'm, I'm going to play some in Lee. He's not going to pop on stat models, but I'm just saying that to me is more than enough reason to play a guy like him. I just, it won't be as common for other people to do it. So I'm okay with him. I think Norin could bounce back. Norin actually has had some good success here. He's coming in off two missed cuts, but it wasn't like he blew up last week. It just wasn't, a, it wasn't his week. It wasn't, you know, plus 10, plus 12, bottom of the board. Terrible. I mean, week. he was, he was, he got to like plus six. At one point in time, because yeah, I was following yeah. him. But I'm, but I'm saying like I, because I, I know because I played him. I, it was seventy three hundred or whatever. But I'm just saying like I'm not gonna go away. That's kind of when you want to do it. Like I, if I liked him last week, I don't think it's that much different for this week. So I'm gonna be fine with him. Denny's the one I, I struggle with. He looks great on paper though, and everyone's gonna like him for good reason. We'll have to see though with that ownership. You talk about Dietrich, who's right below him, Kucher, Lee, Norin, guys like that above. So I'm not sure how much I'll get to there, but he definitely still looks good on paper. Yeah, let's just go ahead and do my cash game cornerstones next because they're all in this next range, and it's the chalk range. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But like I said, I'm going with the chalk. Uh, that's how it's going to be. Uh, Taylor Pender, uh, Thomas Dietrich, uh, I think he's third. You said it was third behind Rom and Rory in made cuts. Rom and uh, Xander, the made cuts. Rom and right right Xander are the made 14 cuts. Made, 14 straight made cuts, yeah. 14 made cuts, Uh uh, he hasn't played this event before in the past, but, you know, when you just look at his numbers, uh, the putter is there. Really good on par fours. Bogey avoidance, one of the best. Really good out of the bunkers. Uh, you know, give me a little bit of Thomas Detry to go ahead and start my cash game cornerstones. Uh, the next is going to be Pendrith. I've been talking about Pendrith for the whole year. I think he's going to win an event. I went ahead and bet him uh, this week. You know, Tita Green, he's solid. Again, really good with his longer wedges. Really good bogey avoidance. Um, really good on long par fours. You're going to see a bunch of those. Uh, and from, I know I was listening to Mayo's research pod and he was talking about how Pendrith has, you know, has excelled at um, shorter courses, even though he is a longer golfer uh, off the tee, sort of like a Woodland-esque uh, type of game where it works even when his biggest uh, weapon is muted uh, a little bit. Uh, so, you know, check back on the Mayo's research spot because he goes over like all the courses where he's top 10, top 15, almost all of them are like 7,200 yards or less. Um, so, so, so I'm in on him, of course, Fenson, uh, top 10 last year, top 15 last week, the stats are there. He's a proven winner in a field, basically equivalent to this, uh, you know, last fall, uh, at the RSM. Uh, so go ahead and give me, uh, some Svensson. And then I'm going Vegas. The guy's just been making a lot of cuts, been playing extremely well, makes a lot of cuts here 
uh, at this event. Of course, stat-wise, his iron game is, you know, a strong. Tita Green, one of the best in the field. All right, so cash game cornerstones for this week are going to be Detry at 9,000, Pendrith at 8,900, Svensson at 8,700, Vegas at 8,600. This leaves you $14,800 to fill out the rest of your lineup. And so this, this type of strategy, you know, in the great words of Tyga, chalk city, bitch, chalk, chalk city, bitch, 10, 10, 10, 20 on your titties, bitch. I mean, it's just chalk city. That's just what it's going to be uh, this week. That's how I'm going to roll. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it could bite me in the ass, but again, you don't really worry about ownership uh, too much in cash. These are the best plays I think I'm going to roll with to try and get my six of six. Tambo, uh, let's go down to this 8K range. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, the uh, the Spenson, I bet him today like everybody else. And I, I know it goes back. People talk about this. I think it was the 2015 Q School final or whatever that he won here. So that gets a little bit of talk as well. So people want to bring that in. Some of the other guys, though, I was just pulling up the list to look at that. Had like Cage, Lee, Denny McCarthy was up there. Shout out Ollie Schneider Jans. He was in the mix. Taylor Pendrith, 14th. Alvin Choi, 14th. Ben Silverman, who we'll talk about later, won a Corn Ferry Tour event a few weeks back. He was 14th at that same spot. So this doesn't matter because it's years ago. I just always like to look up when people mention that stuff. It is kind of interesting. In this range, though, you mentioned it. Taylor Pendrith, uh, guys that I'm I'm pretty much always on. Pendrith, Poston, Vegas. Um, Going down the board, Straka showed a little something last week, and he's last year's winner. So, you could go back to him. I've got no problem with that. The one like I think I'll struggle with the most in DFS, especially because popular, is Svensson. Even though it all lines up and makes sense, it's it's what ninth last year, ninth last week, and a Q school win here back in the day. Like to me, at that ownership percentage that he may get to, there's there's a lot of other options you can go to. I liked your Thomas Dietrich call up at the top again, making cuts, 14 straight, solid numbers, everything coming in, and his finishes. I know he's at nine K, but we kind of did it that way, nine down to eight his finishes are all like 30ths and stuff where we talk about this all the time. I know it's two shots either way from 60th or 15th, but like a couple of those could have been up there and it would look even better on paper. So I think that's at least a little bit interesting. And then the other guy, uh, Moronk, I know Mayo was on him big last week at 6,900. He liked him. He's coming in now another 45th, not the best, but fourth, 10th miscut before that. Like he's got the form coming in. So at 8,300, it's not that big of a price jump when you consider some of the others here. So I, I don't hate that. When you think of it like this, Kenny, Norin, 7,300 bucks last week. And I know it goes by world ranking and all that. I know it works clearly. I'm saying, but just point this out. 7,300 up to 9,500 on a miscut. You go from Morong, made cut, 45th, could have been better from 6,900 up to 8,300. Probably still no ownership. So I just look at stuff like that in events like this and try and take it all in. And that's one thing that stood out to me right away. 8,300 bucks for Moronk. It's kind of interesting. Uh, one last thing I forgot about Aaron Wise. Um, when it comes to playing on difficult courses relative to par, um, he is the best in the field in strokes gain total, strokes gain tee to green, um, and also uh, drafting points on difficult courses. He is number one in this field in the last 50 rounds. Uh, so Wise can, can get it done on hard courses uh, is what it seems like. All right. So, um, you know, I, I went over most of the chalk guys. I'm going to play those guys. 
uh, in cash. Now, when we're going to GPPs, I like I like Harris English a little bit. It looked like his game stepping up last week. Former winner. I at least he's played well before. I, has he won here? No, he hasn't won here. Um, I don't think. I think he he has some uh, good finishes at least. Um, and so uh, you know the guy is just coming off you know two years ago when he was top twenty player in the world. Um, hopefully, you know, he's getting some of that back. The injury uh, that he has, maybe it's receding a little bit, not bothering as much. We'll see. We don't get injury reports, so we don't know. Uh, but he looked pretty good last week, uh, you know, and being so accurate off the tee uh, here, you know, with with, with decent iron play, um, uh, at least used to have decent iron play. Uh, you know, we'll see if he caught something last week and is able to to, to use that as motivation and sort of a jump start to a good week uh, at the Honda. Um, all right, let's get down to the 7K range. Up top, I like Aaron Rye, another guy who plays well in difficult courses, difficult conditions. Um, you could go ahead and see him. I mean, this event used to be like all the Euro Tour, but most of those guys are playing on live now. Um, so, But you still get some of them. And he, even though he's a tour player now, the guy made his bones overseas. And he knows what to do when the wind is up. Um, so I, I like Rye. Uh, I like Hodges, really strong finish. I liked him last week. Um, I talked about him. As one of my, you know, low price plays, he was what sixty two hundred. Um, I know, I know, he was one of Gup's favorite plays uh, last week as well uh, down there. Stacked top twenty here last year, uh, also. Uh, so I mean, he looks all right. Um, Benny on, of course, another guy who does well on difficult courses. He's been making a good amount of cuts. I think he missed last week. But prior to that, he's been making cuts. He's had success here uh, in the past. Any other guys in this top range? I love this top range. This is where I'm going to spend most of my money this week, Kenny. When you look at this, it's all the guys I love week in, week out, and they're all capable here. It doesn't, I don't care if they played it before or not. I think if you don't have a winner come from 9K and above, this is probably the range. Like 7,500 to 79 is just loaded with guys that people are betting. I'm not – so I'll pick my favorite guys. I said like they're all there, like Griffin, Shelton, Jaeger. All like there's so many. But Rye, always love Steven Jaeger. Lee Hodges, you talked about, played well last week. Buckley, guy I've been waiting on. I'm a Nick Hardy fan and a Joey B fan. So uh, Willett as well at 7400. There's like six guys there of those ten that I really like. And then the rest you could sprinkle around, especially Kenny, if you go with your your strategy of like more balanced. You can just use fill it out, have a bunch of these guys in your mix, and not have to worry as much of the 6k guys. And then that allows you to play more guys in this range. Cause I think there's a lot, at least in the upper seven K's that people are betting and going to be playing here for me, repeat it. Um, Jaeger, Rye, Buckley, Hardy, and Joey Bramlett. Those are my favorites. Yeah. If you're going down to the lower range, I like SH Kim. He's probably my favorite play probably in the whole entire seven K range. I was really nice reading Steve Bamford. Uh, actually tipped him. I liked him before I read uh, Steve's article, but now, you know, after reading Steve, uh, go check out Amp at Bamford Golf, always one of the best reads out there week in and week out. Um, it made me feel better. And one of the things that Steve talked about um, in his uh, article was, you know, the wins that, that, that SH had in, you know, in Asia. Um, so, you know, three wins in Japan and South Korea, those wins came at minus 10, minus five and minus 13. So, you know, tough courses, obviously with, with the winning score being there. And those are the three wins he has with his short game, good putting. Um, you know, he's hitting the ball farther than I thought he could hit the ball uh, when he first came out, you know, 
Uh, I, I really, really like S.H. Kim a lot. One of my favorite plays uh, this week. Other guys that now after him is when you start. I mean, like, I don't know. Like Adam Shank, maybe uh, at $7,300. Um, and then I, I like Callum Tarrant. Uh, at sort of at difficult courses uh, where the wind could get up. I like Callum um, as well. Uh, anybody else down here? Ben Taylor? Ben Taylor, another guy down here um, at the 7,200 mark who I think can can, can handle these tougher conditions uh, and stuff like that uh, and has been playing, you know, pretty good golf here recently, especially for that price tag. Campbell. What, what happened to Callum Terran last week? He was one of the uh... – the plus 10 guys, I think, down at the bottom. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Crushed me in a couple. So, yeah, I, I definitely hated that, but could go back to him here. I got no problem with it. Uh, more of my guys. Uh, I'm going to give this guy a pass. I know we talked about, you know, it's not a get-right spot, but, man, got to try my guy Davis Riley out again at 7,400. Keep losing money on him. But SH Kim is better there. You got some of the old guys, Kenny. Resurgence, opportunities, Harrington and Hoffman, the double H. But yeah. uh, Don't sleep don't on Pat. Don't sleep on Patty. Uh, I know our yeah. producer talked about him before, and uh, he's been playing well across the pond. He's been playing well. Didn't he win like a senior major? Didn't I he? Did, uh, something like that. I mean, like, the guy's playing pretty good golf, and the way he takes care of his body and the way he takes care of his swing, um, I would say, like, physically, he's probably much younger than the 50-year-old, 51-year-old age that he is. Yeah. And uh, he, he's perfect in your lineups. I think he actually won here the same year Adam Svensson won the Q final. He won the actual event, it looks like. So mm-hmm. uh, just going back to the charts. But yeah, the uh, the other guys in this range, Grayson Sig, 7,200. Fratelli, one thing I'll say about this guy, to, again, Tom one not getting right and whatever, but man, he missed the cut by he, two, four. He, he just needed to make one of the four footers at the end. He came back out after the restart, did his thing. This guy just needed to make one of those four-footers. He missed like two or three four-footers in the last four holes. He was dialed in, I'm telling you. So that guy is interesting to me. Malnati came back and played good again. Hubbard actually has, again, didn't play the greatest lately, but 15th, 46th, 11th solid stats here that you can find. Like, I think he's okay. And then right at 7K, Sam Stevens, another guy at 7,000. Go back to another another option here. So I, I don't know. I don't love the low sevens as much as the upper. But that just, again, can speak to some of those balanced builds. You have to land somewhere. Uh, but I'll kick off the 6K range because my first guy's right there. I've been playing him. Kevin Tway, going to keep rolling mm. it out. He was fine last mm. week. I know Hodges was better at 6,200, but there was a world where you could actually play both last week and be able to jam in like Rom, Homa, Cantlay, get that top of the board. So interesting on that. And he's only 6,900. I always classify these guys as basically the same thing. Um, <laughs> after that, though, it's tough. Uh, Mayo's guy, Eric Cole. 15th at Pebble, six of his last seven made cuts. So uh, maybe I'll actually take him serious on the Eric Cole play this week at 6,900. I don't hate that. Michael Kim, Mike Kim, he's, he's 11th at the Pebble event. And if you go back and look too, it was all without a putter. So really didn't do much there. And then I'm hearing some love for Pearson Cootie. I'm also hearing that Parker Cootie, his brother, is likely to get in on the Monday queue. We'll wait and see how that shakes out. But Pearson Cootie... Won a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, I guess, on the Corn Ferry Tour, his second Corn mm-hmm. Ferry Tour win. So maybe he brings some moxie in here. After that, though, only other guy I really like, and I played him a lot last week, is Tyler Duncan. Love the first name, of course, as always, but solid last week, 33rd 
uh, you know, some good stuff on him. I, I think his game is coming around a little bit. So I kind of like Tyler Duncan at 6,600 as well. Not much below. I'll take a look. Will you go through your guys in the 6K range? Yeah, I mean, one guy I missed at 7K, Aaron Baddeley. Uh, yeah. Been playing decent, making a good amount of cuts. Has a good history here. Uh, well, maybe he does. I, maybe he hasn't played here in a while. Uh, I think when he when he played here before, he's played well. It's been a minute, I think, since he's actually played this yeah. event. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I like your uh, – one guy – I like the guys that you talked about. So, Tway is on my list. Um, Eric Cole's on my list. Uh, Cootie's on my list. Uh, Ash K's on my list. But I think one guy who's going to go on to like 3% less, uh, probably Matthew Wallace. Uh, whenever Wallace pops, it seems like it's in a difficult course. Um, I think if you look at his, uh, if you look, I think he's like top 20, top, top 15, uh, in strokes gain total, uh, on difficult courses, uh, in the last 50 rounds in this field. Um, so, you know, again, the field isn't great, but again, somebody who goes out there, you know, sort of plays to the level of the course and he sees a tough course. He goes out there. Sometimes he can ball out. Um, Andrew Novak is Sundog Monkeys. Low pick of the week. If you if you don't get check Martin's article out, uh, make sure you do that at Sundog Monkey. Um, I didn't really read why he liked them, but so you that's why you got to go and read. But that's a Sundog <laughs> Monkey play uh, down here. He likes uh, Andrew Novak. After that, I'm done. Like I don't see nothing. You could talk about your Ben Silverman. You could talk about your Vincent Norman, but I don't know if I'm going to go down there. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, no, it's not much here. The Norman play. You mentioned Sky was on him, Skyhawk DFS on Twitter. He he liked him a couple weeks back, so um, could take some interest there. I I don't know. I heard some love for Kevin Roy today, Chris Stroud, like these guys. I just man, I, I can't get there. And I, if these guys are the ones that bust me, I mean, you're just taking shots. I'd rather just start at 6600. I feel good about Tyler Duncan or some of those guys above him, the Eric Cole you know, all those guys that we've been playing, Kevin Tway, and then you could just easily build lineups. There's only two guys in the 10K. So if you don't go there, you can easily build lineups that don't need to go anywhere near the 6K range. So I'm happy just to, again, take my stands down low, get different up through the through the middle with that upper 7K range and the guys at the top. That's really how it looks like things are going to shape up for me this week, at least. All right, that sounds good. I guess let's get the bets. Tamba, why don't you go ahead and go first? Yeah, I got a I got a full six pack this week, Kenny. I like all these guys. I want to take these shots. Buckley, 40, Jaeger, 55, Svensson, 55, Rye, 60, Danny Willett, 70, and SH Kim 80, all with eight places. Normally don't love eight places on a guy like Buckley at 40, but at this event, this spot, anything could happen. I'm taking it. I'll I'll just protect the whole field from it. And you could have way you can hit a winner and a couple guys in the top eight, it, you know, it can, it can be solid that way when you're betting it. So feel good about those six bets. All right, I got five. Um, I went ahead and got Dietrich at 30 to one Vegas at 35 to one Pendrith at 40 to one. Um, Hodges 50 to one SH Kim 90 to one. Nice. One and done. I think I'm going Lowry. I don't see me using him anywhere else. Lowry. I, I, yeah, I don't know what we'd be saving him for, but man, he's going to be popular. So uh, I don't know. I I looked at him. This is maybe where I would pull the trigger on Denny and one and done more likely like something like that. I don't know. I'm not against Denny in DFS. He is 9,100. He's a unique price there. There's no one that you're really competing with. You can pivot to different guys. You don't have to though. That's the thing. So yeah, I'll probably play Denny too, but I I like Denny 
for one and done, do you have anybody off the board completely that you would go to, like way down there? Like SH Kim, would you do that? Or, or just yeah, I, I'd probably go SH if I if I went down the board. But that's not how I'm playing one and done this year. I'm just gonna play the best plays week in and week out until I run out and then figure out what the fuck I need to do. <laughs> that's, because I mean, the, the thing is, what happened? I was in like 40th place two weeks ago, and then my guys finished like eighth and like 35th uh in the two elevated events and i went to like one thousand to twelve hundredth place yeah <laughs> the elevated events you cannot fuck up on those and fucking up is like not getting a top five because it's good yeah. though i love that it's a it's another added piece to the strategy i know people said like yesterday because mayo posted him and i do one on the wednesday show and we mm-hmm. had scheffler get the w and then we had homa come up short and finish second and vaulted up to the top 50 from those two events. It's like 5.5 yeah. 5 million or something. But yeah. someone said like, oh, that's what makes one and done shit this year because these new designated events. Like, no, that's literally part of the strategy. Strategy, yeah. They, you know, the RBC Heritage might pay more than the Masters or whatever it is. I forget what they said, how it's going to shake out. The last I saw, I don't know if this is right because the Masters is to be determined, but RBC Heritage is an elevated event the week later with 20 million purse, like what we've had these last couple of weeks. So uh, that's a big event now that it wasn't once before. It's just incredible, Kenny. And there's so many of them. API, players, match play, heritage. It's just so much good golf. Love mm-hmm. it. It's going to be a great season. Excited for that. That's my one and done, though. That's my my rant on one and done. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership. Come join the fam. Tambo. Find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Tidbits will be up on Wednesday. That's just all the best free content I find from around the industry curated in one place for you guys to check out. Good little thread every week. It's the only thread I do, so you can check me out there on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. Add me, and then go over to rumpiersports.com. If you want to get in all the premium action, it's all sports, one price. You can use promo code TAMBO15, get 15% off to get you started, but the premium show will be every Wednesday, myself and Big T, and then we'll have our player pools, our cores, all that, on top of all the other sports that are going on around the DFS world. All right, so one of our favorite courses should still be a fun watch, even without the best field. Chalk City, bitch, let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation.